In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today we commemorate Saint Elizabeth, the mother of Saint John the Baptist. And that's why the Gospel of today from Luke chapter 1, the Annunciation of Archangel Gabriel to Zechariah regarding the birth of John the Baptist. What was written about both of them by the Holy Spirit is really impressive because God testifies for both Zacharias and Elizabeth that they were both righteous before God. They were both righteous before God. Walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. What is righteousness? Righteousness is to do what is right. That's righteousness. And the standard here, how to decide whether what you are doing is right or wrong, this actually based on the commandments of the scripture. So the standard here is the scripture. The scripture will tell you whether your conduct is right or your conduct is wrong. That's why after the Bible says both of them were righteous, he completed and said they were walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. In all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. Definitely there is no one perfectly and absolutely righteous except God. So how the Bible is describing here Zacharias and Elizabeth that they were both righteous. Righteousness doesn't mean sinlessness. But righteousness means to take the commandment and the ordinances of God seriously and to try to keep them and to do whatever it takes to be obedient to the commandment and the ordinances of God. And even when you fall and you break one of these commandments, not out of betrayal, but out of weakness, then you will rise again and you continue the life of repentance and the life of the holy striving to keep the commandment and the ordinances of the Lord. I want you to notice when he spoke about the righteousness, He said both of them were righteous before God. Many people appear righteous before men. People can believe that I am a righteous person. But who actually searches the hearts and the reins of the people? It's God. You can deceive the people. You can appear godly and righteous before the people. But it is only God who knows the secrets of your heart. Who knows whether you are walking Righteously or not? That's why righteousness should start from within, from your heart. The external or the outward righteousness is easy. The scribes and the Pharisees, they were righteous before men. They knew the commandments. They were keeping the commandments outwardly in front of the people. When they pray before the people, as the Lord said, they make long prayers to be praised by the people. 
when they get some anise or mint or cumin, they pay the tithes even of these little things. Outwardly, they were righteous, but not internally. That's why the Lord told them, you are like washed wombs. Appear externally beautiful. When you visit a cemetery, it's beautiful, it's like garden. But from inside, there is dead man's bone. That's what the Lord, how he likened the external righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. That's why the Lord here testified about Zacharias and about Elizabeth, that both of them were righteous before God, before God, internally before God. And blameless. Blameless means you cannot blame them. It's understood and acceptable or expected to fall because of weakness. No one is perfectly right. In the absolution, we say, O God, who knows the weakness of men as a good one and lover of mankind. So we're appearing for the weakness. We say, O God, who knows the weakness of men. That's why I said there is difference between a person who is falling out of betrayal or out of weakness. The sin of St. Peter is a sin of weakness, but the sin of Judas is a sin of betrayal. Blameless here means if somebody falls because of the weakness of his body, you cannot blame him. You will support him. But if the person is falling because of the betrayal, because he has a hidden agenda and his heart is not straight before God, no. He is blamed before God and he is guilty before God. Also, the external righteousness makes the person fall in self-righteousness. And self-righteousness is one of the main obstacles in our repentance and in our spiritual growth. When a person feels that he is righteous, he in himself is righteous. Like the Pharisee who went to pray in the temple. In his prayer, he said, God, I thank you because I fasted two days a week. I pay the tithe of all my possessions. And I'm not like the wicked people. I'm not like this publican who's standing at the end of the church or the temple. He compared himself to others. This self-righteousness actually excluded him from being righteous before God. But as a publican who stood at the end of the church or the temple, and in his humbleness, he felt himself unworthy to lift his eyes up to heaven. But he beat his chest and said, God have mercy upon me, a sinner. He knows that he is a sinner. And he is seeking the righteousness that comes from God through the mercies of God, through the loving kindness of God. And guess what? Who went his home justified? The publican, not the Pharisee. The Pharisee actually was bragging about his own righteousness. He did not go his home justified. But this person who acknowledged his sins and his weakness and his unworthiness, and he did not compare himself to anybody else. Just he prayed very short prayer. 
But this prayer was from his heart. God have mercy upon me, a sinner. It's different than the scribe and Pharisees about whom the Lord said, for a pretense they make long prayers to deceive others. This publican did not make a long prayer. He just said five, six words. God have mercy upon me, a sinner. But he said it from his heart, with humbleness, with true feeling of unworthiness. That's why he left to his home justified before God. Self-righteousness. Self-righteousness, as I said, one of the main obstacles to our repentance and to our spiritual growth. Self-righteousness, when in your heart you compare yourself to others and you feel you are better than others. And maybe you will not say it out loud, but you will say it internally in your heart. God, I thank you, I'm better than others. I go to church, I fast, I pray, I pay my tithe, I confess, I am a deacon or Sunday school servant, I am serving in the church. And you say it in your heart, I am better than others. This self-righteousness. When somebody criticizes you, if you are quick to defend yourself, then that is self-righteousness. When actually you did something wrong, but you are in denial, and you don't have the courage to say, yes, I did it, I am wrong, I have sinned, forgive me. This is self-righteousness. People who deny like the scribe and the Pharisees. When the Lord said the parable of the wicked vine dressers about them, they knew that he said this parable about them. And instead of saying, we have sinned, forgive us, and seeking repentance, what did they do? They start to plan and to conspire how to kill the Lord Jesus Christ, how to get rid of him. That's self-righteousness. Self-righteousness, when actually the sins of others and the weaknesses of others are very clear in your eye, very clear to you, but your own sins, you are blind to them, and you don't know them, and you don't realize them. That's self-righteousness. Self-righteousness based on my own works, my own deeds, but the true righteousness is the righteousness that comes from the grace of God. Because God is gracious to me. That's why he gave me his own righteousness as a free gift. And we receive this righteousness actually in baptism. When we are baptized, the old man and the sins of the old man are forgiven. And then we put on Christ, meaning we put on the righteousness of Christ. That's why we dress these baptized children or people with white clothes to say they are righteous now. But this righteousness is not because of their deeds, but this righteousness, they get it as a free gift from God. Then all our life, when we fight the good fight, when we strive in the holy way to keep the commandments and the ordinances of God, The goal is not to be righteous, but the goal is to maintain this free gift of righteousness that we received from God. 
big difference between you are doing this to be righteous, seeking righteousness by your own works, as St. Paul explained in his letter to the Romans, that while the Jews, Israel, were seeking righteousness through their own effort, through their own works, they were not justified. But the Gentiles who came to God, admitting their weaknesses, seeking that the righteousness of God to be bestowed upon them, they became justified. All our fighting, all our deeds, all our works, is to keep this free gift of righteousness that we received in baptism, and to move from being justified into being sanctified. In baptism, we are justified. All the charges against us are dropped. But now you need to move from just being justified to being sanctified, holy person. And this by the work of the Holy Spirit in you through the grace of God. And then in the second coming, you will be glorified. We move from being justified to sanctified to be glorified. So the works that we do here in order to maintain the gift of righteousness and to move to the level of being sanctified. But all these things cannot be done without the grace of God. We need here actually to ask for the grace of God every day to help us and to justify us. And when we fall out of weakness, we come in tears and repentance asking God to forgive us. And in the sacrament of confession and the sacrament of communion, we will be forgiven, we will be washed again, washed again by the tears of repentance and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ cleanses us from all our sins. Another indication of the righteousness of Zechariah and Elizabeth They continued to keep the word of God, although God did not give them children. In the Old Testament, not having children is considered a reproach. Why? As Elizabeth said when she became pregnant, she said that the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. Why in the Old Testament was considered like a reproach before others? Because if there is a family in Israel don't have children, this means the Messiah will not come from them or from their seed, their grandchildren. That's why it's considered this family is not approved by God. The Messiah will not come from their seed. That's why it was considered a reproach. And in spite of this, they actually accepted this. They, in all humbleness, accepted not to have children. They accepted, although it's a family of a priest, that the people reproach them and shame them because they don't have children. And they never actually got disappointed at God. But they accepted this from God because they put their hearts and their lives in the hand of the Lord. And they lived all their life righteous, actually keeping all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord without belief. 
And because of all of this, God gave them this great gift that John the Baptist, the greatest among those born of women, the one actually who God granted him this grace to put his hand on the head of the Lord and to baptize him in the Jordan River. No one actually deserved this, but God chose John the Baptist for this honor and for this grace. As Pope Shenouda used to say, this family, all the members of this family were filled with the Holy Spirit. When Mary visited Elizabeth, we read in Luke chapter 1, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Zacharias, after the birth of John the Baptist, we read in Luke chapter 1, that Zachariah was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he spoke and praised God. John the Baptist himself was filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb of his mother. A blessed family, each member in this family is filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why this family has the greatest person among those born of women, John the Baptist. This family actually should be like a role model to all our families. If we want actually to find a family that we need to imitate and walk in their footstep will be the family of Zacharias, Elizabeth, and John the Baptist. May their holy prayers and intercession be with all of us, and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.